and welcome, folks, to the season two premiere of Definitive Cinema. I yeah. cannot believe we are back <laughs> on the air. I am so excited. It has been way too long. Uh, you might notice we're we're in full view because we're on YouTube now, folks. Not just a podcast anymore. We're we're advancing. We're evolving mm-hmm. as we should. Uh, and tonight, to kick things off on this exciting season two, we are talking about one of the biggest all-around entertainers of arguably the past 20 years, of the 21st century. Let's just say, just to say it like that, the 21st century. We are talking about Hugh Jackman tonight. Uh, very excited for this. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Greg Earhart. Well, do you guys want to make sure it's really Greg Earhart here behind the camera? Ooh. How are you, you going to know? I don't uh, I don't know. <laughs> you got trickery. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's me. I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. And also, Mr. Ken Jones. Nature made me a freak. Man made me a weapon. And God made it last too long. Oh, another good one. Another nice. good one as well. Gentlemen, uh, first of all, welcome back. Welcome back. It's great to be back. Thank you, Chris. Good Way to see you. Way too long of a hiatus. Um, lots changed in lives and whatnot, but um, you know what doesn't change is our love for Hugh Jackman. Um, I guess. <laughs> okay. um, everlasting. Everlasting. <laughs> everlasting. What a career! What a career this guy's had. And when I and I, I said the intro of the 21st century, literally, I think his he really broke out at the end. Uh, right, right in that 98, 99, and has been ever present in our lives uh, for the past 25 years. Someone who literally has pretty much almost done it all um, in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and to me, uh, one of the most likable uh, actors, celebrities, personalities that you want to put out there. Guy seems to avoid controversy, hasn't said anything racist, hasn't been canceled yet, which is good. <laughs> Um, although we did try on onstage blog a couple times, but he's he's made a Teflon. This guy, this guy is he's made of um, uh, you know uh, the steel that comes out of Wolverine's hands. So there you go. Um, it's, you know, it's really hard to you know we uh, you're referring to we tried to cancel him over uh, Music Man. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, I mean it's just so hard. Like it's so hard to cancel him because he's so likable and he's just he's so ah uh, gosh I just he's, I felt he's the guy that like as soon as like something might come out about him he goes and like spends a day at a children's hospital. It's like <laughs> oh okay you can't, you can't hate this guy, but honestly like you look at his body of work it's so interesting it's so diverse, um and and it's you know nowhere near being over yet. So Greg, let me kick things off. Go to you. Just to yeah. give us some intro thoughts on on Mr. Jackman. Sure. Yeah, I was excited to do this episode because he's honestly one of my favorite actors. Why? Because he touches, for me, he touches all three pillars of what I want from an actor. For one, as you sort of alluded to, he's a versatile actor. I'm just going to read off some genres of movies he's done. Um, he's done romantic comedy. He's done action. He's done drama. He's done thrillers. He's done period romances. He's, of course, done comic book movies. And last but not least, you know, of course, he's done musicals, you know, that we know of. Um, not too many actors can say they've done all of those, and as convincingly as he has. Um, he, so I touched on three pillars. One is he's a versatile actor. Two is he's a quality actor. Um, he hasn't won an Oscar yet, but he's been nominated. And when he's not doing Logan, and again, I, I think as we'll get to, he's been really good as Logan, particularly in the last couple of movies, the James Mangold movies, but he's really at least solid in almost everything he's doing. If not, you know, really, really good in movies like The Prestige and Prisoners and stuff like that. Um, but then thir- thirdly, most importantly, he's such a fun actor. You know, like if you think of like 
the most fun actors we have right now. He's in the top. He, he's at absolutely in the top five, probably top three. And, um, you know, it's just fun to see him do different genres and be different characters just because he really sinks everything he has into it. He He's at his best when he plays like an exaggerated character, you know, again, kind of like a theater-based uh, character. Not theater, literally theater-based character, but just a character with exaggerated personality quirks that he really just sinks his teeth into and just goes all out. You know, so he's 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 one of the actors for me where if I hear he's in a movie, I'm I'm pretty interested no matter what it is because it's at least going to be interesting and fun. Absolutely, he's never even though he's done some clunkers over his past twenty years, he's never the worst thing about the movie, and no. I think that's something that's you know a commendable. Um, yep, it's, it's almost like it's never his fault that it's bad, you know, so to speak. Ken, give me your thoughts on on the Aussie great. <laughs> yeah, I think Greg covered a lot of it. Uh, he's got versatility. Uh, he's got uh, charm and appeal. Um, you know, he, he hasn't won an Oscar yet, but it's not for lack of effort on his part. Um, he, you know, he he can work with, like Greg said, in, in X-Men or in a Nolan movie or a musical. Uh, I think also part of the appeal with him is that he's a very grounded uh, human being. Like, you just don't read about him in the tabloids um he, he kind of comes across as just a genuine article kind of guy where like what you see is what you get um so he's easy to root for uh like you said hard to cancel um so yeah that's he's a great i would say he's also a great uh sarcastic actor right yes. you know i mean we, we think of logan and wolverine first but even just other movies like prestige comes to mind where there's little scenes where he just drips out sarcasm in a really fun and believable way uh, there's not there's not many actors that well, maybe one or two that e- that equal his abilities as sarcastic. Every time he gets to be that, you just you at least smile if not laugh because he's just so good and natural at it. Well, you know what I like too is he doesn't take himself too seriously, and he's not yeah. afraid to do roles that are going to make him kind of look like a fool. Uh, he's never um, he's not he's not uh, one of those actors that says like I can never be the victim, I can never be the villain, I can never be the one that gets you know screwed over because that that he's had plenty of those roles um yeah. you know i think he's one of those actors that seeks interesting roles i think he does movies that he wants to see as opposed to movies that he thinks he's going to look good in um things like that he also doesn't strike me as someone that's a paycheck chaser no. either even though some of the more bigger blockbustery type of movies like the van helsings the, the real steals of the world where it's like he's obviously gonna get paid for that right. um he it doesn't feel like he's ever mailing it in for a paycheck which i kind of always appreciate and i think that goes back to his theater training i mean you're talking about mm-hmm. someone that was classically trained as a musical theater actor um treaded the boards i mean uh, unlike other actors you know he built his way up uh from basically you know an ensemble he was a gym teacher I mean, this is a guy that was a gym teacher at one point. So like, yeah. you know, he, he wasn't born successfully. He, he didn't do a Titanic and then all of a sudden was this heartthrob, you know, internationally. I like that about him. Yeah, he's managed I, to stay humble over like two decades of being like worldwide famous, which yeah. is impressive. I, I can't think of a movie he's mailed in or even close to mail in. Yeah. You know, it's he, I feel free if you think, if you think of something, but you know, let me know. But he, he every movie... I've seen of him and everything I can think of. He, he's giving it his all. As whether it's a credible performance, whether it's YouTube, it's a drama or thriller, or a movie like Pan, you know, where he's playing the villain and he's just, you know, he's not just 
like so many actors just, you know, reading off cue cards and just, you know, get me out of this movie so I can buy a new pool. You know, he's sinking his teeth in and having fun. And uh, that's all I can ask for is a movie going. And the thing I appreciate about him too is, you know, he, he hasn't done a lot of TV. Like he's done some TV movies like Bad Education, which yep. is really great if you haven't seen that already. Um, but, you know, he's someone that like, if you told me he was doing like an HBO Max limited series or he was like doing like a, a succession type of you know weekly drama i'd be all in like all yeah, yeah. give it to me um if you told me he was coming to broadway give it to me except for the music man give it to me um <laughs> if he's gonna do a, a lord of the rings trilogy epic i'm in like it's just oh huge that's a hobbit does it does he, does he get play a hobbit? Or? No, <laughs> no, he's he's a, he's he's in the realm of men. He's there go. He's in ministry. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, but he he's someone that is like insert and, and Greg, you said it perfectly before, where it's like if you hear his name's attached to something, it's got it's bound to be interesting. Like if he's narrating an audiobook, I'm going to listen to the audiobook. Like why not? So, oh, wait, are you saying you listen to him read the uh, the the yellow pages? If it's as like or like something similar, yeah, it's yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> yes, I don't know about that's T. actually Barnum. I don't know if I want to listen to him do that. But if it's like right, like a Logan type character, absolutely. That's a yeah. great uh, special exercise down the road. Is like, is this a phone book reading type of person mm. that you would like pay tickets to go watch read the f- or an encyclopedia? Like, <laughs> like he's no, gonna he, sit on the stage and read an encyclopedia, and that's all. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, let's get into it. Let's 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 get into why the audience is here, and it's for definitive sin or not. Now, folks, if this is your first time watching this series or listening to this podcast, what we like to do on this podcast and in, in video series is basically imagine the scenario if aliens invaded this world, and rather than destroy it, just simply asked, "What is the definitive Hugh Jackman experience?" We need to know. We need to take that information back to our home planet. Um, <laughs> We need to be ready. We need to be ready to answer. We'd be ready. I'm also getting really into the description of this podcast. I really like it. You really are. You're very in the weeds. Very, very late. We need to know what and it might not be the best performance he ever gave. It might not be the the most um successful movie he ever made, but what is the one that is his definitive? And it's not even a word association game. It's what is his most definitive performance. What best represents Hugh Jackman? If you had to explain Hugh Jackman in the movies with one movie, which would you pick? There it is. Great question to ask. So, on what it's we a like tough to one. do, it's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. And a, yeah. what we want to do on this podcast is to make sure none of us are cheating for the sake of variety. Uh, we will go ahead and announce our picks at the same time in the count of three, and then we'll explain why. And there might there might be a little bit of debate because one of us. One of us might have something pretty ridiculous to say oh, in terms of the choice. <laughs> Who tends to get bullied by his other two co-hosts? <laughs> Just want to put that out there. Well, so, the always trying to cancel us. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm trying to build audience sympathy already. So, gentlemen, on the count of three, let's let's announce our our Hugh Jackman definitive picks. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Here we go. I am ready. You're ready. Okay. One, two, three. Logan. X Men Two. <laughs> wow x-men 2 logan X-Men two. and i said lay miz okay and lay miz okay great picks first of all great picks all around 
three different ones. So we're gonna. There's only one great pick. Only one correct pick. Oh, there's only, but there's only one correct pick. That's right. Strong candidates all around, but there's one correct. So Greg, why don't you kick us off? You went with the non-comic book film X-Men Wolverine pick. So explain yourself, sir. I really struggle with this one. I was thinking about this all the way up to this recording. I ultimately landed on on Les Mis for a couple of reasons. One is. I think it's arguably his best performance. He, it's a performance he was nominated for an Oscar for. Um, two is, it is a musical and musicals are undeniably his strength as obviously as we talked about, it's how he was trained on. Um, I don't think you can tell the story of Hugh Jackman without showing him singing and dancing and performing. Even though in cinema, it's only been a few movies, but when you see Hugh Jackman like in real life, you know, like he's much closer to the showman singing and dancing, you know, character that he plays in Greatest Showman Les Mis than he is to like Logan, Wolverine, that sort of thing. Um, but the key thing for me, though, with Les Mis was that he does have scenes in Les Mis where he gets to show off his intensity, his fierceness, his tenacity that we love him for and he's so iconic for in the Wolverine movies and the X-Men movies. So like, you know, for example, the Look Down song, uh, the opening in Les Mis, also confrontation. Like those are key scenes where, you know, you where you get to see that side of Logan. So I'm picking Les Mis because you do get to see the, the song and the, really more singing than dancing, but you also get to see that tenacity from Hugh Jackman. So I do think it is the complete Hugh Jackman experience. I will have to say um, Hugh Jackman is not even close to the definitive Jean Valjean as far as Les Mis, like if we're doing definitive Jean Valjean, it's not Hugh Jackman. I, I, I'm talking about across film and stage and all that stuff. You know? I was I was really going to ask you to impress me by saying who your definitive Jean Valjean is. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for a different podcast. Right, um, right. But I was, gonna, you know, I was hoping you'd be like, oh, the, the definitive Jean Valjean is the German production in, back in 1992. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think, if you're going to do Les Mis, in almost any, like if you did Les Mis in 1970, 1980, 1990s, no one's coming close to you, Jack, because no one can sing like him and no one can bring it, you know, like the way he can bring it, you know, to Jean Valjean. So that is why I picked. Excellent reasons. I mean, definitive role and definitive musical, um, you know, I tough to argue, but Ken's going to try. Ken. <laughs> yes, you will argue. Yes, you will argue. Right, go ahead. Logan. Yeah, so I picked Logan. Uh, I think you know, Wolverine's the character that put him on the map. It's his defining character in movies. Um, he's portrayed the character across several movies. He's even had a few cameos with the character uh, over other movies. Um, this was supposed to be a swan song. Obviously, he's coming back in the next couple of years with uh, uh, resurrecting the character in Deadpool 3. But uh, it's the character that defines his career for better or worse. Uh, there were a few movies before this. With, with Wolverine that uh, kind of tarnished the character, uh, but they did a really great job uh, with rehabbing him over the last decade or so. And Logan was kind of like the culmination of that, like hit its peak, I, I feel. Um, you know, it's, uh, you could easily say like the movie's kind of like Logan hospice caretaker, where he's kind of taking, he's taking care of Professor X and also looking after uh, his clone, uh, Laura. Um, but it's it's got the physical uh, performance with the Wolverine character, uh, you know, when he's going berserker. Um, he's also uh, got the, the pathos and poignancy 
uh, to go along with it, though. And it's got a compelling story and uh, really just uh, for my money, uh, for the character, it's the one that has it brings the most to the table uh, in terms of Wolverine. So, yeah, I should I should say I struggle between Les Mis and Logan. Those are the two movies I was going back. In, but, you, you know. didn't struggle with X-Men 2. That was never in the conversation. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's more definitive. Um, uh, Charles Xavier. Yeah, I mean, no, I, struggle, no, go ahead. Like, I want to hear your explanation. For I, I, I definitely think X Men Two is is right up there, but uh, for me, the the uh, Logan movies or the Wolverine movies that are more focused specifically on the character yeah. uh, do it more for me. Okay, all right. So, all right. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. So all here's right, my reasoning for X Two. Um, X Two Aliens X Men Two. They're gonna love it. They're gonna love it. Uh, because for me, this was gonna sound strange, the most satisfying Hugh Jackman performance for me. Where so he 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 I he breaks on the scene with X-Men as Wolverine. Who is this guy? Nobody knows who he is. It's an okay movie. He's he's okay as Wolverine in X-Men One. Like it's not like this overwhelmingly you know crowd-pleasing performance. He follows up. X-Men with a really bad romantic comedy called Someone Like You. So he immediately like betrays his like badass Logan with uh, an Ashley Judd rom-com, which I've Damn. never seen and I don't ever <laughs> want to see. And then he does that, he follows that up with Swordfish and then another romantic comedy with Kate Leopold. So all of a sudden I'm like, where what what is happening? What is what who's had Hugh Jackman? But then X2 comes out. Now X2 as a film overall is i would say in the top it's definitely the top half of comic books of all time oh yeah easily if not the best or the second best x-men film of all time um in the entire series overall and for me his performance in x2 is um you know the most pleasant surprise where i was like oh yes this is this is not only the logan i want but this is Hugh Jackman. I want. I want. I want the whole range. I want the quietness. I want the intensity. I want the humor. I want all that. Do we get song and dance? No. But the way he kills those guys in that house, it's a beautiful <laughs> ballet, if you will. Like only only Hugh Jackman can move around a room like that, killing people. Um. So we'll call that a dance. That is a great um, scene. Yeah. 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 So it's a great, great highlight reel. Sir, I did not interrupt your monologue about. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. You're done, um, aren't you? Anyway, my He's final sentence is, so for me, that performance cemented like, oh, this guy's going to be in my life for a long time. Um, and then after that, not that he made bangers after that, but like he follows it up with, you know, the Van Helsings. He does x-men three the last stand which we'll talk about later he does the fountain the prestige and then he's off at that point but i do believe hot take city christopher nolan cast him in the prestige based on his work in x2 so there you go i'll okay. I'll, I'll put that out greg so go ahead. question i was just gonna ask chris so like for x2 like what's the definitive wolverine scene for you is like the striker stuff is that what's coming out to you as sort of like yeah and i think in, in all honesty, I think had Stryker been not played, had Stryker been played by a weaker actor than Brian Cox, I don't think we would have gotten the same performance because right. great actors pull great stuff from other actors. And so when you have someone like Brian Cox, right, who is so good 
in this movie. Brian Cox is so good. He is. Hugh Jackman has to rise. He has to he has to up his game, and it's yeah. because of Brian Cox. So there you go. Interesting. All right. Okay. All right. I, I still think you have to include a movie where he sings and dance. I don't think you can tell Hugh Jackman without yeah. that. I'll let the audience decide. Let, I was going to say, folks, we're on YouTube now. Leave a comment below. Comment. Tell us what you think. Oh, we'll put a Twitter poll out there, too. And, and a Twitter poll. So. Any way you can embarrass Chris Peterson like, and, and not vote <laughs> for my picks, do it. Like, Let's put it out there. So um, we want to hear it all. But um, that that is that's so interesting picks all around. No consensus, no clear consensus between oh, the three of us. Three different movies, yeah. And yeah. and Ken and I picked two different Wolverine movies for different movies. I picked the better one. Yes, yes. Let's let's do. I I will concede <laughs> that that Logan is a better movie. Is, so let me just ask you something real quick. Is X? So I'll start. Let me start with Ken. Is yeah. Logan definitive Wolverine movie for you? That's a little yeah. bit different than a definitive Hugh Jackman movie. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, it's very close between that and the Wolverine, um, which I, I'm pretty sure you're partial to. Um, but that's that's a really good one. But I think it, uh, I think Logan was Mangold's second stint with the character or, or the franchise, right? Because he directed um, both of them. Yeah, he directed both the Wolverine. Yeah, and yeah. So I it, it it felt like even though it was a th- technically the third movie in the fran- like the standalone franchise or whatever it would, his second stab at the at the character um it, it felt like the you know way to uh you know second the second movie uh of the two is better Chris is X2 the defi- also the definitive Wolverine movie for No you? X-Men Apocalypse is the definitive uh <laughs> X-Men film <laughs> No hot takes no. all hot around. Takes. No, um, <laughs> I I would I would say that I would agree with Ken. I think the Wolverine is probably the definitive one. Yeah, if not, I but, mean, no, I mean, I'd say Logan, then Wolverine, and then X. I will also say I I love X Men First Class. I honestly, yeah, do. like that's a really good movie. And yeah. so but we're talking we're talking Logan movies. Oh, definitive Wolverine. I'm yeah. sorry, it's definitive then, Wolverine. Yes. Yeah, then I think the Wolverine. I agree. I mean, Days of Future Past is up there too. Like it's a good movie. That's a really good one too. It is, but he he's not very Logan-y in that movie. Like he has yeah. like one of uh, two two short act, basically two short action scenes. One where he's fighting Magneto, and one in the apartment. That's a bit. He's mostly walking and talking and sort of you know <laughs> getting around, which I think was smart because otherwise he would have overpowered the movie. You know, yeah. and first yeah. plot. Yeah, for me, I think it's the Wolverine. Only reason I, I do I do really like Logan. Logan's just a little more broken down. Like he's he's at a different. Movie. I like yeah. it though. I like the vulnerability. It's great. Yeah. 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 It's great. I just for definitive Wolverine. When I want to show aliens, like you're only getting one Wolverine movie. You need to know the Wolverine character. I think the Wolverine has to be just because he's a little bit, he's still sort of facing some like, do I really want eternal life? Basically, question. Mm-hmm. He's dealing with Logan, but he's a little bit more of a force, you know, in that movie. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, it's, a really good, it's a really good performance too. For You're making me want to go back and watch it again because it's been several <laughs> years since I've actually watched the Wolverine, and yeah. I've seen I've definitely seen Logan more recently. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, gentlemen, um, let's before we wrap up the video portion of this discussion because there's much more to talk about with the Hugh Jackman, and we're going to continue this conversation on our podcast edition, which can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any way you hear podcasts. 
So definitely tune into that. But any closing thoughts for the video folks about Hugh Jackman? Greg, let me start with you. Any last things you want to talk about this guy? Um, I wasn't ready for that, so no. <laughs> then there you go. That's all no, you say. I, we might I have cut, nothing we might either. That part you can, yeah, you can might... save, save all of it for the... Yeah, my closing podcast. thoughts are for the podcast folks. That's right. Okay. Well, then that's, keep it that's, behind the curtain. Sorry, video folks. Just you'll have to listen to Greg at the, on the on the audio. But anyway, so for, go ahead. Greg. Yeah, just also you can listen to the whole podcast on onstageblog.com, which is in the link. You'll find that in the description. Absolutely. So before we sign off on the video side and continue this conversation elsewhere, folks, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that little bell at the bottom. Do all of that. We are going to be doing a lot of smash these podcasts. that subscribe button. Smash as my. <laughs> As my son would say, smash that subscribe button. Give us all those <laughs> likes. Helps our algorithms, all that fun jazz. Um, and then definitely check us out at onstageblog.com uh, where we've got lots more content, merchandise, the whole nine yards. I mean, God, we, we are expanding. 2023 is our year. And I am just very excited about where this podcast and video series and all that jazz uh, is going. So Yeah, so expect like a new episode on YouTube about every two weeks or so. That's our, that's our goal. There it is. There it is. So we'll see you soon. We'll see you over on our podcast style. So signing off on the video side, but we'll continue on the audio. And welcome back, folks, to Definitive Cinema. So glad you're joining us and continuing the conversation around one of the most uh, popular, hottest uh, entertainers in all of entertainment. So hot right now. So hot right now, that Hugh Jackman. <laughs> so, uh, gentlemen, we, we made our definitive picks. And just to uh, backtrack, uh, Greg picked Les Miserables. Uh, Ken picked Logan, and I went with X2, X-Men United, which is still does not make sense as a title, but we'll get to that now, later. <laughs> um, but let's continue the conversation. What we also like to do on this podcast is talk about the best and worst of these folks, because they've, you know, Hugh Jackman's given us a diverse library. He's given us some fantastic performances, fantastic movies, and he's given us some clunkers as well. Um, so what we like to do is talk about his best and worst and give some reasons why. So Ken, let's yeah. flip it up a little bit. Let's start with you. All Give right. me your best Ken, Hugh Jackman. I was about to say Ken Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman and your worst Hugh Jackman and why. Right. So my best, I've got the prestige. Um, mm. It's Jackman with Christian Bale in a, in a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, you got Scarlett Johansson, Rebecca Hall, Michael Caine, David Bowie is in there. Uh, it's what's not to like, you know. Um, it, it's It's one of my favorite Nolan movies, period. Uh, and I think it's one of Jackman's best performances overall. Uh, it's a great story about rivalry and obsession and how they can push it to the point of no return. Uh, his character, Angier, starts off, starts off the movie as this like sympathetic, aggrieved uh, character who loses his wife. Uh, but by the end of it, he's become something of a monster. And it's uh, it's both his character and Bale's go on these like separate, like converging journeys um, where you, you become sympathetic almost to bail by the end of the movie, as opposed to where you start out at the, in, at the, at the start. Um, so it's, it's, you know, he also plays Angier's uh, bad teeth uh, stunt double uh, <laughs> in the movie, which is also impressive. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And it's, uh, it's just it's amazing. Great... I don't know. It really you... is. I, I yeah, didn't realize I, that was root was Hugh Jackman for the first couple of viewings. Like, I, I did not either. <laughs> I, I I thought they just found someone that looked a a lot like Hugh Jackman, 
right and just and just threw some bad teeth on the guy right I, I, it, was, it was close enough where you're like is that him right and right. you squint you're like no no it's not it, it can't be but right. yeah, no, it's it is. It's it's really impressive. <laughs> I have to say, Jackman's closing speech at the end of the Prestige is is, is some of his best. Yeah, might even be his best speech, you know, yeah. ever. Both from an execution line and just. Um, so my worst, I was tempted to go with X Men Last Stand or X Men Origins Wolverine, um, but I have to go with the movie called Chappie. Um, it's I'm a fan of the director Neil Blomkamp. Um, and he says it's a movie that's misunderstood, but it's not, it's just not a very good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we, we said previously, like Jackman's rarely, you know, to blame for the movies that he's in that aren't all that great. Uh, and he's often the least of a movie's problems, but, um, he's definitely not blameless when it comes to this movie. Um, if his, if yeah. Angier's rivalry with Borden in uh the prestige is the best of times uh vincent moore's rivalry with Dion wilson is the worst of times it's just uh i i yeah i just Excellent cringe every time answer. i think yeah. of that movie <laughs> that, i know that's a kid that's well done but well well well, well done. <laughs> it's just effects, it's yeah. a character that's poorly written and conceived and he's also poorly acted uh, <laughs> i found I really found the, the performance to be grating. So yeah, as much as I love Jackman overall, that, that movie and that performance, I could just do without. Thank so. you. Wow. Greg, yeah. best and worst. Yeah. Uh, so for best, obviously the answer is Kate Leopold. Uh, he, <laughs> should, he should have won an, uh, won an Oscar uh, for his performance in Leopold. No, I'm kidding. Um, although I, 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 I haven't seen Kate and Leopold a little bit, but for a fish out of water time traveling romance movie, it's 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 definitive that it's it's definitely <laughs> definitive time traveling fish out of water. Um, now I, I had I had Logan as the best. Um, I think for all the reasons you know we kind of said, Prestige is a very 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 close second. I love the Prestige, uh, but yeah, Logan is sort of just a masterpiece of a. Uh, it's a little short of a masterpiece, but it, it's a great comic book movie, and it's a really good sort of pseudo western too. You know, mm. mm-hmm. with classic western movies. Uh, my worst, I also had Chappie. Um, so, Ken, you and I are almost in, in sync on on, on <laughs> best and worst. I agree. The only thing I just have to add is right. We said he never gets a bland performance. Yeah, it's Chappie. I don't know if it's bland, but it was as it's definitely he, making some choices. Uninteresting, <laughs> right? He's trying to be interesting, but yeah. uninteresting and sort of the, yeah. the character he's making and the choices he made. So that, that goes as my worst. Good picks. Good picks. All right. So my my two picks, my best and worst, are neither of those films. So okay. get ready. Okay. And I'm the, I, I will die on both these hills, by the way. I'm prepared to die on both oh, these hills. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. I, I, and and folks at home, just follow me along. My best Hugh Jackman, and I'm not kidding when I say this. X Men Three: The Last Stand. What? X Men Three: The Last Stand. Oh, Ken, Christopher. Ken, Ken, is he punking us? Wait, yes. Wait. No, he's definitely punking us. Absolutely but not. He, he's got. He, he's going to commit to the bit. So, I'm are you trying to? Were you trying to one up my Kate and Leopold joke? Like, is this? What no, this no. Like, that 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 was top. It's five performance me, art. But, it's performance art, Greg. But here's here's the reason. It's why. an Andy Kaufman bit. Here's here's the reason why. Okay. Yes, he can go deep. He can be dramatic. He can give all of himself control, like Jean Valjean. Like he is destroying himself in that role. Great performance. 
no, 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 nothing taken out of that. But for Hugh Jackman, I want, I want the scope. I want the range. I want him to hit everything by the time the credits roll. I want the anger. I want the rage. I want the humor. I want the emotion. I want the sadness. I want the crying. I want, I want to see his body. I want to see all of I want to see the whole Hugh Jackman thing. And in X3, we get that. Now, X3 is a devastatingly um, bad movie. It's not good. It's not great um, by any stretch. Um, but I defy, I should say I defy, I challenge anyone to watch that movie and say, my God, Hugh Jackman is attempting to take this entire movie, put it on his backpack and carry it to Mount, uh, to Mount Doom. Like, like, like Sam. He wants to cast the movie into the the volcano. For for Hugh Jackman. He's like, he's, he's Samwise Gamgee carrying this movie like Frodo up the mountain. He is doing everything he can. The scene at you. towards the end when he's walking up to Jean Grey and like he's like and like I'm sorry I love you and he's just in his face I'm like that's that's why are you like. making us think why? of seeing again this movie and this scene <laughs> some people on this podcast don't understand art and and X3 is art in, in the immortal words of Megatron to Starscream and Transformers the movie Chris this is bad comedy why are we bringing up terrible movies like Transformers? Stop it! How dare you! <laughs> All right, so that's my best, which is indisputable. Indisputable. And that was worse. Is X Men Three the last stand? <laughs> my worst. Hugh Jackson's worst. The Greatest Showman. Oh come on! Stop it! Oh, we're gonna fight. <sighs> okay, here it is, Greg. For your definitive pick, you wanted excellent musical theater acting. And he is excellent in Les Mis. Don't get me wrong. It's no X-Men 3, but it's up there. Um, Greatest Showman is the antithesis of Les Miserables. Because what he is, first of all, and I, I'm sorry to, to Justin Peck, friend, friend of the blog, um, and, and Jason Paul, the, the two guys who wrote the songs for the movie, friends of the blog. Um, the, the music doesn't make sense for the movie. If you watch the movie, you're talking about contemporary sounding songs in turn of the century settings. It's one of my biggest pet peeves in musical theater when I see that. It's like pop music covers in Moulin Rouge. I hate it. Give me era appropriate musical theater for musicals. So that's problem number one. And the problem with with Hugh Jackman is he is so outlandish. The movie is so poorly edited. It is the choreography is movement. Um, and the song he is not the best he is like the third or fourth best actor in that movie and he should be the best it was my biggest disappointment and this is a role that he fought to get and to do for like over a decade he tried to get this thing made and by the time it got there uh, it was terrible and he picks a director that's never directed a movie before only directed commercials and it shows um the script makes no sense you're trying to squeeze an entire guy's life into a two-hour movie that thing should have been like a three-hour like mini or a six-hour miniseries take and the other thing too about that movie is take the musical numbers out of the movie and it's even worse so it's not great to begin with you take the songs out of it it's an even worse performance um so there you go and the problem i, I have, have with questions that movie is 
He is doing <laughs> the problem that I have with this movie is he is doing stage musical theater acting mm. in film, which does not work. So I don't expect non-trained thespians <laughs> on this podcast to understand. Oh, but I was a classic. Oh, I'm, class, I'm a classically trained actor. Uh, and Hugh Jackman is, is that very, what you're doing right now? Hugh, Hugh Jackman is very loud and animated in this movie, and it's like, no, no, it's not, it's a movie, it's not, you're not on stage right now. So, it is my most disappointing Hugh Jackman performance. Um, it's not great, and uh, didn't like it. So, oh, and, it, and also, also, okay. he falsified like half the movies, half the movies does like it's fake. Like, if you if you actually did the research into the PT Barnum's life. He was not that nice of a guy. So, and Logan yeah. is a hundred percent real and a legitimate sure, documentary. Sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, he is he is the fourth best performer in that entire movie. Yeah, I want I, that's okay. what I want to ask you about. So, who are the other three? Zac Efron. Okay. First of all, Z- Zendaya steals the entire movie. So it's Zendaya's movie. Uh, Zac Efron, Rebecca Ferguson. Hugh Jackman. Ferguson and was good. I will give you Ferguson for sure. The other she thing was- too is he he compl- he he is responsible for the worst Michelle Williams performance I've ever seen. <laughs> we're talking we're talking about one of the best actresses of the last 10-15 years who is like borderline like perennial Oscar nominee. She is awful in this movie. First of all, she's You're blaming happy. him. You're blaming yes. him. For- yes. For Not her. Like, yeah. Don't drag, don't drag Michelle Williams down. She has, she has agency, you know. It is not her. I, if, if I ever saw Michelle Williams, I would be like Robin Williams in Good Will Hunting, and I would just hug her <laughs> and say, hey, "Greatest Showman is not your fault. It is not your fault. Sheesh. It's weird. It's like her, her smiling and happy in a movie is like seeing Batman in the daytime. It's weird. So Michelle Williams should only be what? crying in and being put through trauma in films not smiling Whoa. and singing and dancing <laughs> and being a good mother she should be a terrible mother <laughs> sorry I'll, I'll just make a very quick rebuttal wow. and the rebuttal is like look gray showman's not a, a great movie i won't even argue too hard it's a good movie it's not even the goodest but- showman <laughs> i don't know how you can walk away from that saying that like not saying that was fun like that was that was that was a fun two hour music, you know, just fun. Like come on, like three three or four of those songs are in permanent rotations on you know Sirius XM and you know various other playlists. Look, I know I know the person who's yes. responsible for those loops on Sirius XM, Julie James. Uh, Julie James sucks at life, and so oh um, I'm not surprised that Julie is putting those those songs on permanent rotation. By the way, Julie James is someone that, that will tell you. That she puts that on constant rotation on on Sirius XM. So let's 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 you know, within all relative. Hi, Julie. I'm just gonna say I don't think Chris understood the assignment. <laughs> just leave it at that. No, I I understood the assignment. <laughs> it's just that this is and again, and I'm not talking about the, the gentlemen on this podcast because I I you gentlemen are are distinguished moviegoers and not are not don't easily, try to butter us up. No, no, but neither of you are easily duped. Uh, movie musical fans and people that enjoy movie musicals are easily duped. <laughs> Is it? Oh, oh my! <laughs> so, wow! Wait, way to cater uh, to your audience. Chris. Let's, let's, give it, keep going, Chris. Go ahead. Go, let's go the lane for you. Let me cook. Let me get cook. some get some stuff off your chest. Go ahead. 
musical theater movie musical fans are easily duped because all you have to give them is an amazing singer singing an okay song some some catchy choreography some really good visuals and all of a sudden they're going to be like that person should be nominated for an oscar or they should win an Oscar. Why else did Jennifer Hudson win an Oscar for Dreamgirls? It's an it's a, a above average performance when she's not singing. She's a great singer, but it's not like she, it's an Oscar worthy performance. And Hugh Jackman's getting nominated for like Golden Globes for this thing. So I don't, and just like La La Land uh, with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, it's like all of a sudden if you sing and dance, it's amazing. Oh my God, look at the dancing, look at the singing. Who cares? A movie musical can still be bad. But movie musical audiences are like blinded by all of the singing and dancing and all that stuff. And they just automatically think that these things are amazing. And they're not. Nine times out of 10, most movie musicals suck. And the audiences are too stupid to know the difference. Well, so this like has they, been definitive cinema. So if they have, <laughs> I'd say come back next for the next episode. So but, how uh, dare you watched, have fun? How dare you have fun? You, you will like, not The West Side Story fun. remake was atrocious rachel oh. segler friend of the blog great but is it was a terrible movie um in the heights was actually probably the best movie musical i've seen in quite a while like legitimately good but what should have been an amazing year for movie musicals in 2022 one, one. was not because yeah just because audiences are dumb and they also don't turn out for these things they're all passionate about these movies but then they don't go see them when they come out. So they all bomb financially and we don't get any more for a while. So, so, so they're screw stupid for going to see it and having fun and they're dumb for not going to see it. And, and no, no, they're, they're stupid for not going to see it in theaters and then waiting to have like to watch it in their dorm rooms. Like we watched center stage and all these other things when we were in college um, as, as opposed to going and seeing it in the theater. So yeah. So movie, m- musical audiences if you love these movie musicals so much, like The Greatest Showman, go see it in the theater. They did. Make sure. Make sure it's. Well, I, I'm, I'm. Yes, they did. I know that. But it was a huge other ones. Show. It was a hit. Yeah. Huge yeah, hit. It was, huge it was hit. the biggest. But it was the biggest, highest, one of the highest grossing musicals. Right. In, in a while, but it, it, I think it was like what 186. Like it's nothing. It didn't like do like gangbusters. <laughs> in the box. That's a really good. That's Gosh. a really good number for an original movie. Oh. Uh... Not Sir, all hot takes are created equal. Hot take, hot take city. <laughs> anyway, that's how I feel. Worst. Uh, where where was I? Oh yeah, half, worst. I'm sorry. More like half baked takes. That's worst. Greatest <laughs> showman. I'm gonna Luke, die in that. Lukewarm hot baked takes. So since since the folks Ooh. had to listen to my diatribe for a little bit, let's get into special exercises with Hugh Jackman. Greg, you're usually pretty good with our special exercises, and I've got some good ones. For this one, what do you got, my friend? Yeah, we, we should first explain to new audiences the special exercise. The special, uh, my special exercise is usually a thought-provoking question about the topic. You know, and so it's not running down your audience. No, it's not. It's not uh, calisthenics. Okay. No, it's not right. It's, it's not calisthenics. It's not making fun of the audience. No, it's uh, so anyway, guys. I want you to put yourself in a movie producer's shoes, and uh, you get told. You said. Hugh Jackman is retiring, but he's going to do one more movie for you where you give it a $100 million budget and we have two of the best screenwriters that were ready to write in any genre, anything you want. What genre do you want Hugh Jackman to do for his last movie? Assuming he's doing one more movie from today. Hmm. Let's start with Ken. 
Oh man. Um, hmm. Give me something in the vein of uh, a thriller. Uh, not not necessarily an action thriller, but more of like a cerebral, maybe like detective-ish, like Christopher Nolan kind of movie. Um, like an insomnia type of. Uh, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not insomnia. Please not. In, please don't remake insomnia. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but but something in that in that kind of vein where it's you know maybe it's someone that's. Uh, a little past his prime um maybe he's got like a drinking problem or something failed mm. marriage or two struggling to you know and and he's um trying to you know he, he feels compelled to uh do something that like redeems him or something in the in the grand scheme of things you know so interesting i was trying to think in genres that he's done or haven't hasn't done yet and i, I thought you know, maybe Western or maybe like a medieval knight, like a King Arthur type movie, but Ooh. Ooh, medieval Hugh Jackman, Ooh. medieval Hugh Jackman could work, but I want him to do something surprising. I want him to work with a director that he's never worked with before that has a signature style that we've never seen him do before that I think he'd also be talented. In. So for his last movie before he retires, I want Hugh Jackman in a Wes Anderson film. No, stop <laughs> <laughs> tell me now you're really trying to troll me oh tell me man that that wouldn't be interesting. Uh. <laughs> if you told me that that he's going to be an ensemble like edward norton i can kind of see it uh, yeah edward norton yeah. jonathan schwartzman uh, you know, kate blanchett or tilda swinton uh, hugh jackman bill murray i would like, definitely pay to see him on the screen that, with tilda swinton that that would be worse that's that would be worse than Daniel Day Lewis having his last movie be some like 16th century dressmaker for you know, the queen. sir. It was the 1950s <laughs> as a dressmaker. Like, let, let me just set the scene. If if let's say we're watching, um, you're watching the the Grand Budapest Hotel, a movie that Greg has not seen, but Ken and I love. Uh-huh. If you told me if you told me that Hugh Jackman was playing Adrian Brody's character or, mm. or Willem Dafoe's character, like I'm in. Yeah. Right. I'm out. Yes. Or Ed Norton's character is like <laughs> the, Ed uh, character. Know, the detective or something, the policeman. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll, we'll get into Wes Anderson another time. But, we'll think about uh, that. But I want to see. Okay. I, or, so you I'm want him in a Wes Anderson? Yeah. What's your answer? What's your answer, sir? My answer is I alluded to before that like I love sarcastic Hugh Jackman characters, just generally speaking, or sarcastic moments. But I want his last movie where he can really channel some gritty sarcasm like into a lot of his lines. So I'm thinking like, like a film noir, like a gritty film noir where he plays a detective where he said Ken and it's really, he's trying to solve a mystery mm. and uh, he's alone and he's had to go to some dark places, both in his soul and, and some literal dark places, you know, and has to contest with some bad guys. And um, that, that's, I think that's the kind of movie I think he would really thrive in. And that would be the movie that I'd want to see the most of. I agree. That's a good, good answers one. all around. Uh, except for yours, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Greg. What's your other ex? Do you have another exercise for us? I do not. No, that was it. All right, so I've got one. Um, oh, Chris's special okay. exercise. Special okay. exercise, and I think this is going to be a question we should do on every podcast. So, every hmm. get used to this because I think this is going to lead to some really interesting discussions. Uh, okay. Gentlemen, Hugh Jackman has been a huge star for the past twenty years. 
you know, 2000s, throughout the entire 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, he has been a, a major, major star. But I'm curious, if Hugh Jackman lived in a different era, which era would he be successful in? Which era would you like to see him be in? Think about the movies that came out around mm-hmm. that time. Think about the, his contempt, what his contemporaries would be in that era. What, what do you think? So I think for as far as musicals go, song and dance, I think he'd fit in really well for some of the old school musicals, like in the 70s and, and even 80s a little bit, because like, he's so earnest, you know, and, and some of those musicals, that, that's what they did. It was just all about, it wasn't really trying to be anything other than just have a good time song and dance. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think he really would fit into the 1950s musicals, you know, where it was really just put on a big smile and, and sing and dance. When it comes to like his Logan character though, and, and characters like that, this is this is the right decade for him because I don't think that type would work well before the year 2000, basically. You know, it just, he wouldn't really kind of fit in, fit at all. So I'm sort of cheating a little bit, but it really kind of depends on which <laughs> which you Jackman are talking about and what type of roles. Hmm. Good answer. Ken, how about you? I'm going to, you know what? Um, Gray's kind of close with the 50s. I'm going to go with the 40s. Um, and, and and with Greg's answer to his special exercise, like give me Hugh Jackman in like the classic like neo like noir film noir uh, detective movies. Like I could see him in you know a couple hum- Humphrey Bogart type kind of roles, um, you know, or oh, or maybe yeah. yeah. and then and then also like maybe when he's not doing that, he's doing like. Cary Grant kind of movies too on the side, like you know, I could I could see him working yeah. with yeah. the the screwball comedies of the uh, of the forties, yeah, and the yeah, uh, and fitting in with the the, the film noir, so yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with a, an interesting decade. I'm going to say I'm going to give him seventy like five to like eighty five, so not not all 70s and not all 80s but just that realm because i think could i see him could i see hugh jackman as han solo yes could i see hugh jackman as indiana jones yes i don't think he completely market corrects here as the board could i see him in wall street as gordon gecko yeah could i also see him um as the keys guy in et absolutely you're Greg can't see like him in five. any of these. You're, you're bringing up like five of the most iconic roles in cinema history. Right. This well, I'm saying part. with his talents, the big ass. with his talents, he could fit in. He could do those. I, I I don't think he could do those gritty like Sidney Lumet type of movies. I don't think he'd fit in like in Serpico or like Saturday Afternoon. But I could see I could him see in a him, movie like Deer Hunter, maybe. Maybe. You know? I I could see him taking a little bit from Harrison Ford. I could see him taking a little bit from Michael Douglas. I could see him taking a little bit from um, uh, Redford and, and Paul Newman in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a good example. He would absolutely have been, if, if, if 75 to 85, Jackman would totally have been an Out of Africa. Like, he would have absolutely been in a movie like Out of Africa. Yeah, because he's, he's, you're, you're transporting Australia onto Out of Africa. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> yes. Um, so, and I, I don't think he takes anything, uh, 
Cruz wasn't uh, at that point, not, not in 85. Uh, like they had, had totally different roles. Kid. Yeah. He was too young. Two different careers. Yeah. But I mean, I think it'd be interesting. I think he could, I think he could take some of those roles. And I think he also probably would have won an Oscar like right around that time with his skill sets. Cause yeah. I think by the time you get to where he is now, those skill sets are more. Powerful. How about, how about this one? Year of living dangerously. There you go. There you go. Throwing stuff out. Could could Hugh Jackman have been Mr. Mom? <laughs> you know? So it's it's a very yeah. interesting he I think he would have been a little bit more comp, um he would have had obviously more competition with in terms of prestige acting and things like that. But I think his skill set is more versatile and he could slip into different because he's so versatile, so he could slip into different genres better than a lot of those actors at that time. Because Bedford's yeah, yeah. not gonna do a musical. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could have done a dopey dad for sure in those five right? comedies. And he could have done all that jazz. Like he could take Roy Shatter's part in all that jazz. He could take Roy Shatter's part in Jaws. Like it, it's like all oh. of those. Mm. Mm. You don't think? Mm. You don't think so? Yeah. Again, you're you're bringing up like, yeah, just iconic, <laughs> just like iconic roles in, in movies, <laughs> left yes. and right. Yeah, but, but a little diversity into the quality of movies. <laughs> no, I, I think what we're all saying though is that his versatility as an actor, yeah, um, is maybe not um, as um, rewarded over the last like two decades as it might have been in previous Hollywood eras. Yeah, um, or, or quite as juicy um, roles for him to play. Yeah, mm. yeah. Interesting, interesting discussion. That's why I love this this new question. I think we should do it one. with every podcast. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. Start th- I'm gonna have to make a note to start thinking about that one. For... Definitely. All right, let's wrap this thing up, okay. Greg. Yes. Before we get into our end credits and plugs and all that fun stuff, give me some final thoughts on Mr. Hugh Jackman, future Hall of Famer, Mr. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. So as I think about him, I like to think about like. Have we already seen for sure his definitive movie or is his definitive movie still to come? I uh, I think it's likely we've already seen it, but I do think he's got one more great Oscar winning role in him uh, to do. And I, for it, for his sake, I really hope he gets it. Cause I'm rooting for him because he's a good, he's a, he's a good and fun actor and hope he ultimately gets that win. Love it. Ken. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, we've had him around for like 20, two plus years now um i'm curious to see what the next 22 ish years are like for him he's in his mid 50s at this point so i mean that's kind of like where actors maybe start to transition to slightly different roles unless they're tom cruise and jumping out of like bigger planes and bigger stunts or whatever but uh like greg said i'm curious to see what kind of like oscar worthy roles he comes into over the next couple of years let me ask you um over under one uh let's see one and a half oscar nominations the rest of his career nominations under under i i root for over but i would go under yeah Chris? i would say under as well under i think i think he's got one more in him um, okay yeah before over Hollywood. under oscar wins at a half under i root for under. over but Okay. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's ever going to win one. I don't think Hugh Jackman is never going to be the best of that year. He'll be in the conversation, but I just never yeah. think he'll be the best. There's mm-hmm. always going to be that young, that 
freaking Timothy Chalamet. That so we're we're saying we're never gonna have a year where it's like it's his turn kind of thing. Well, because he's gonna keep playing uh, Wolverine for the next ten years, <laughs> so you know that's gonna debate for you. Not unless he does a Wes Anderson film. If he does that, then Stop we're it. really Greg. Then, Greg then is bemoaning the Ryan Reynolds of it all. Better get a Razzie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, gentlemen, this has been an amazing start to season two. Yeah. Um, I can already tell that season two is going to be better than season one and season one was pretty damn good. So I'm looking forward to the continuing conversation. I'm looking forward to the new YouTube edition of this podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new technology. My mic sounds phenomenal. I'm not going <laughs> to, they didn't pay me for this mic. So I'm not going to tell you what mic it is yet, but I love it so much. So we should tell our podcast listeners, um, it's worth checking out the YouTube video as well, because we're going to put in some clips of movies we've talked about. Um, we may put in some little bonus, you know, footage uh, in there as well. So, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a little bit of a different experience uh, watching it. So, uh, we appreciate your support and subscribe, yes. uh, subscribe there as well, subscribing yep. to this podcast. Subscribe to everything. Follow us everywhere on, you get podcasts. Exactly, everywhere you get podcasts. Go to our Facebook page. Go to our Twitter account. Go to our Instagram. Go to our TikTok. Do all of it because we are we're it's it, we're going all in. We're all it's in all on twenty twenty three. That's what yep. it is. <laughs> Our Twitter account is at onscreen blog uh, for the movies, for, for, for movie content and for updates on new podcasts, go to onscreen blog for Twitter and Facebook. And then onstage blog is the same on at onstage blog everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that, all that fun stuff. So folks, thank you so much. This has been a lot, a lot of fun. We will see you on the flippity flop in a couple of weeks with a new topic, new discussions, meet more hills for me to die on and and more ways for greg and ken to make fun of my picks. there will be there will be hills there will be there will be hills <laughs> it's a good movie title right there folks we'll see you right here next time on definitive cinema